1: Hello and welcome to the program, Kids' First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. We have a wonderful show for you today. We're going to be talking about Goodbye, Christopher Robin, Marshall, The Lost City of Cecil B. DeMille, Mike Felt, and Symphony Space. Just kidding. That's the actual title. Right now, we have a special guest with us. He is a prolific television, film, and comic book writer who's produced many things such as Futurama, NYPD Blue, and many others. Today, talking about the new show, Skylanders Academy, we have the wonderful Eric Rogers. Thank you so much for being on the show, sir.
2: You're welcome. It's a a pleasure to be here.
1: So you are the executive producer and also writer of the new show, Skylanders Academy, which is based off the... Amazing video game, which I remember playing to death as a kid. And I still Uh play with my my little um, nieces and nephews. We love the game and we're very excited to see it in uh, television form. So tell us a little bit about how this show came to be.
2: Yeah, so uh, I think it was February of 2015. My my agency, uh, my agent got a call from Activision Blizzard Studios, which had just started up. And Skylanders was going to be the first uh, project out the gate for them. And they, in a, in a strange twist of, of good luck for me, they called the, agent, the, the, they called the agency looking for another writer. And my agent, Sean Barkley, much to his credit, uh, said, no, no, I got the guy for you. And so he, uh, he hooked me up with uh, Sandra Schwartz and Nick Van Dyke, who were overseeing the project at the time. And I got up my initial meeting with them. And they you know, basically said... Here's what we wanna do. we we want to we want to make a uh, a half hour animated series out of the, this highly popular video game series. We want to set it at the academy at, at an academy. So basically it was going to be this, like Professor uh, X's School for the Gifted for for Mutants in the X-Men series. and and they had they they knew that they wanted to center the show around the the, the five main characters of Spyro, Stealth Elf, Pop fizz, Corruptor jet back and who did I say, who did I miss, did I say, maybe that was the five, yeah. Spyro, Elf, yeah, all right. <laughs> so anyway, so knowing that, I went away for a couple weeks and I, I dove headfirst into the world of Skylanders because I didn't know much about the video game at all, I didn't know much about the world at all, I, and, and by much I mean nothing. <laughs> I knew it was popular, but I'm not a gamer per se. So I had to do a lot of homework to get myself ready for the next uh, pitch, which was going to be basically my take on what I think the series could be. So I went and did my homework. I immersed myself in the world. I played the games. I I did as much as I could. And then I took a step back and I I realized, you know, they already know what they want the series to be. You know, they want they know what they want the show to be. And and, and I know that they want it to be funny because of my, my background on Futurama. So, I just then the next pitch, I, I uh, next pitch meeting, I just went in and I said, Look, you know, we know who our players are here Spyro, Elf, Eruptor, Jetback, and Pop is. You know, here's why I think you're going the, the audience is going to fall in love with them, and here's why I think you know we want to follow Spyro's journey and, and why Master Eon is so important to his growth, and what is Chaos's uh journey and uh, on all this, you know, and 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 you know, what's what I really loved about uh investigating the whole uh, arc with chaos is I love the idea. I love the idea of, of investigating a, a villain's background and why they are the way they are, you know, not just because in the games he was so, he's such a black hat, you know, he's such a, a mustache twirler and I <laughs> wanted him to be way more than that. So, you know, for me, it was about digging deeper with, with chaos and his relationship with Shanks and going, okay, really, you know, how did these two begin their bromance and, uh, you know, why, what makes chaos tick and, you know, how does that parallel up with Spyro? So off of that and a bunch of other crazy stuff, I think I said in the meeting, they hired me to write the pilot and, and basically it was uh, away we go from there. And that was March of 2015. And and then we went into production on season one, uh, after the pilot in August of 2015, I think, or September of 2015. And, and from there it's been nonstop. So yeah, that's, uh, That's how the train got out of the station.
1: Wow. What a history. Um, So this show, of course, is based off a game that has a plethora of characters. Like, how is it? Are we since season two just came out? Are we expecting any new characters that you are excited to share with us?
2: Well, yeah, we definitely wanted to bring in some more uh, strong female, strong female characters this season. So, first and foremost was uh, Cinder, who's a dragon that, that jo- uh, comes to the academy to uh, to want to train to be a Skylander, and that character is voiced by the awesome Felicia Day. And we also had brought in Ninjini and Sprocket, who are veteran Skylanders who aren't necessarily part of the core team, but they show up. They show up in places where the team needs their assistance and help. And both of those characters, uh, amazingly enough, are voiced by the same actress, Gray Griffin or Gray Delisle, as uh, some some might know her. And uh, you know she's so she's so darn good at what she does that you don't even know it's the same person playing two different roles. So those three those three uh, Skylanders uh, make their appearance, and then we have we have some mysterious villains who who, who show up this season some who may come from video game lore others uh that uh, may have been created to kind of open up the world a little bit we'll have to if you if you've watched the show if you binged it over the weekend you know exactly what i'm talking about but if you haven't you'll just have to wait and see so <laughs> yeah so that, that's that's what we got coming with the new characters on the show
1: fantastic you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we're going to continue the show talking about Goodbye Christopher Robin, Marshall, Lost City of Cecil B. DeMille, and Mark Felt, also Symphony Space. Just kidding. We're going to continue our conversation with the wonderful Eric Rogers on Skylander Academy. Now, um, Mr. Rogers, this is premiering on Netflix, and I want to kind of go in, I, and I'm curious about your take on this, because, again, this is what many are calling the golden age of television, especially with streaming websites such as Netflix, Hulu, and many others. So what is your take on television nowadays and how it's going to evolve in the future?
2: Well, that's an awesome question. Well, as a creator and a writer, it's, there's never been a better time to be uh, someone who provides content because there's, there's such a hunger for, for content and there are so many avenues to get an idea made and a series actually on the air for more than one season. So for me personally, I, I, it's amazing. Like, you know, I, I started in the industry in the nineties, uh, the mid, mid to late nineties after moving out here, I'm moving to LA from Ohio. And, you know, it was ba- basically then it was just, you either wrote for the networks or you didn't write. And, you know, HBO was still just kind of becoming the boss that they have become, you know, and AMC didn't exist yet. And so, you know, really the four main, the, the big four networks were the only places to write. So you know now we have all of these different fantastic ways to watch tv and you know and and with technology evolving as well you know with us being able to watch stuff on our phones and tablets and all that you know there's such a, a demand and hunger for for content so in that regard it's amazing and i i'm I, you know i uh, i feel i don't know if a show like skylanders academy might have seen the light of day if it weren't you know for netflix and us being able to 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 have a home for such a serialized show because it is, you know, it is so binge worthy. So it's, it's, it's a fun time. And, and it's fun to be partners with Netflix. Netflix is so, there's just so easy to work with. And they're such uh, fans of, of the people that work on the show and the show in general, and they just kind of leave us alone to kick butt. And, you know, and that is so that really is a confidence builder, you know. That you don't, know, we don't have them looking over our shoulders, you know, noting us to death and and telling us, you know, what they think we're doing wrong. They just go, you know what? We trust you guys, and you, you get it done, and and then you know that just allows us to 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 be even that more confident in our creativity and and make the best possible product for them. So it's a it's an awesome time, uh, honestly. Uh, it couldn't be better for a creator.
1: Yeah, that's what's great about these streaming websites, that because. Because the content is so demanding and they really want you to get products out as soon as possible, they're not looking over your shoulder, and they not, and you get a lot more creative freedom. So my question is, as a writer, and particularly with Skylanders, how are you like? What like more creative liberties were you able to like get away with in a way, and with like shows like Skylander?
2: I think if if you watched the series, there's definitely a Simpsons slash Futurama esque sense of humor about the show. And I think what makes the Skylanders Academy stand up, stand apart from other kids shows is that we had the freedom and the guts to try to to, to create a show like that that's aimed at, that's aimed at kids, but it also will please any older siblings who are watching with them or their parents. You know, we, we definitely infused many jokes into every episode that a kid may not necessarily get, but I bet. I would bet my paycheck that, you know, mom and dad are getting that joke, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, especially with a character like Glumshanks, I mean, he is so highfalutin and sophisticated and uh, so worldly, you know, that character would never exist if we were doing this on PBS or Saturday morning NBC in 1985, you know? So it's, that's, that's sort of, that's a sort of creative freedom we have with the series. And, you know, we don't push it too far. You know, we we definitely have to, to honor the the sweet spot audience of our show which which are these kids that you know have been playing these games the last few years you know we we don't want to drive them away by trying to be trying to be super uber creative and and you know only make ourselves laugh that would be you know a recipe for disaster so that's really what it boils down to is that we just have a little more freedom to to you know be a little slightly edgy and and, and take some take some chances that A a, a cartoon on Nickelodeon uh, or Disney Jr. might not be able to do because they're so, you know, they're so in the box of like, this is exactly who our audience is and we are not going to violate that. So, and by the way, I'm a huge fan of Nickelodeon and Disney Jr. Much love. Just just throwing out a couple examples of (laughs) contrast against what we're doing. So there you go.
1: Nice save there. Right? (laughs) Are you nice? Well, but again, like those shows like back in the nineties, like I used to watch Animaniacs, which all was right. a show that was great for kids, but also was able to appeal to like older audience as well. So parents and younger older siblings could enjoy it as well. So that's it's right. it's nice to have these shows that kind of push the envelope a little bit and that's fantastic that we we still have networks and outlets to be able to provide that. I would love to talk to you all day about the future of television, but I'm afraid we're <laughs> out of time. But it was a pleasure talking to you, Eric, about Skylanders Academy, and hopefully we can talk about it next time with season three.
2: Absolutely, thanks for having me on.
1: The man is Eric Rogers. The television show, Skylanders season two, which is out on Netflix now, so be sure to get your binge-watching chairs out. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat, knows a lot about Halloween.
0: You're tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back from the break.
1: I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions this show we're going to be talking about Goodbye Christopher Robin, The Lost City of Cecil B. DeMille, Mark Felt, and Symphony Space. Just kidding. Right now we're going to be talking to the wonderful Benjamin from Washington, D.C., who is 11 years old, talking about the new biographical film Goodbye Christopher Robin. Thank you so much, Ben, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So this show is about the writer of the Winnie the Pooh storybooks, and it seems like a great Another great film about history and about human condition. So tell us a bit about what you thought about it.
3: I really enjoyed it. I thought it had uh, top-notch performances. It was very beautiful. And I like how it uses its landscapes and really shows you all the different parts of it and the different uh, places where the Milnes were traveling during the period of their like rise to fame. And I was really also liked how it wasn't afraid to shy away from the darker parts of the family. Because I feel the film markets it more as the like true story of Winnie the Pooh. But in real, it's sort of about a, how a fractured family has to come together. And I was really surprised how sort of realistic it was.
1: I like those kind of like biographical films that, that kind of show the darker side to somebody who maybe creates some of the most beautiful artwork, like like this film about Winnie the Pooh and how there's actually a darker side of that. Or like Alice in Wonderland, there could be a darker side to the creation of that. But it's, it's interesting how story t- um, where movies about storytellers and how their past affects their, the creations they make. So uh, we have a, an absolute star-studded cast. We have Margot Robbie in this film. We got Kelly MacDonald in this film and Domhnall Gleeson. I mean, such a great cast. Tell us about the actors in this film.
3: I thought Domino Gleason was very good and he he's A.A. A. Milne, the character he plays, was in World War One, and he shows the effects PTSD can have on someone surprisingly well in detail and I thought those scenes were really effective and took a toll on you and were kind of hard to watch, to be honest. And I also thought just in Bodied a certain qualities that gave you an idea of what he was like in real life because unlike you know some other historical figures where there's more documentation this is one that a lot of people don't really know his personality they just know what he created
1: definitely and we get a new side to something that a new side of a person that we may not know everything about which is I like I like going in movies and coming out and learning something that I didn't know before. So, uh, what would you say about since this is of course we want to make this we were directed towards kids? What would you say is the age range for this film?
3: It is rated PG, but I will say it is probably twelve to eighteen because there are a lot of subjects in this film that could be hard for children to watch, and it goes it talks about. War, it talks about issues within a family and all these different things that could, you know, scare younger children possibly just by the sort of ideas of what the movie's talking about.
1: Certainly, and that's a good thing to know because especially since there is, we do talk about war and PTSD, which is some darker subjects that kids may not be able to be comfortable around, but it's important for them to learn. So how many stars would you give this film? I'm
3: going to give it four stars. I thought it was, uh, well, I just said it was sort of darker, but it was enjoyable, and I certainly was glad I saw it, and I recommend other people see it to get a deeper understanding of the creator of Winnie the Pooh and his family.
1: Well, I think it seems like an interesting film. I really can't wait to go check it out. Thank you so much, Ben, for talking about it. Um, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. This movie, Goodbye Christopher Robin, is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. We're going to continue the show talking about Lost City of Ceciapita Mill, Symphony Space, Just Kidding, and the movie Mark Broad. We're going to continue talking to Benjamin about the new film, Marshall, which is another histor- historical biography drama. So um, tell us about what Marshall is about.
3: Marshall follows the pioneering Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall in the earlier years of his career as a lawyer from the NAACP and he is sent out to Greenwich, Connecticut where he teams up with a local lawyer named Sam Friedman to defend um an African American man who has been accused of attempted murder and um, attempted murder by a white socialite and he's there to defend him and prove his innocence.
1: No. I love Chadwick Boseman so much. Bo- I'm sorry, Chadwick Bo- Boseman. Ever since I saw him in 42 when he played Jackie Robinson, then Get on Up when he played James Brown, now he's playing Black Panther. Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman is is an unmeasurable talent. Was able just to put into it. Just I just love the man so much. He just becomes every character. He just he just takes on. And he's another character based off a real-life person. So um, tell us a little bit about his performance along with the others.
3: I have not seen 42 nor Get On Up, but I have seen his performance as Black Panther. So I was interested to see how what he would do with this role. And his the film's ad campaign hypes this up to be, like, the best performance of the year. And he does a good job, but the script... Part of the case was not to spoil anything, but he couldn't talk during the case, so he doesn't... I felt the script and generally the con, the topic sort of limits his role in the film as much, and he never really gets to show his range that I know he has as an actor.
1: Wow. that's a That could be a valid point. I have not seen the film, but there are cases like that. That's interesting. So... So you feel like the script didn't really give enough for the actors. Is that 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 one of the main criticisms you have for the film?
3: I wouldn't say that's the main criticism for me. I thought that making it, it was more interesting seeing sort of more the supporting actors get a a somewhat larger role as well, not only just making it about Marshall. And I thought Josh Gad's character got an appropriate amount appropriate role and it was nice to see him sort of lead the film somewhat Hmm. because Shadwick Boseman's role he sure he's the main character but he's not the only one that's delivering those you know powerful lines.
1: Of course you got Kate Hudson and Josh Gad also in this film but um, tell us a bit about their role in the movie.
3: Kate Hudson doesn't have a very big role she comes in for one or two of the court scenes but Josh Gad is, delivers a standout performance here. Many will know him from his com- for his comedic performances and things like Frozen and other stuff. And he plays his comedic strengths in this role while also just giving a genuinely good dramatic performance. And he really takes this character on a journey, and you see his sort of come full circle from the beginning of the film where he's sort of hesitant to join the case due to the Commotion it has caused, and then he sort of becomes a fighter for civil rights.
1: Fascinating. Well, how many how many stars should you give this film, and what would you say is the age range?
3: I give it four out of five stars. Compared to Goodbye Christopher Robin, this is a little more lighter lighter fare, and it's kind of fun because it's up on the glitz in the costumes and the production design and things like that. I give it an age rating of 13 to 18 because there is some violent and suggestive content as well as some offensive language so but i still think it is sort of important for people to see this film because it's just such an interesting topic for the film to go and yeah i really enjoy it and i recommend it i had a good time
1: well i didn't hear about this film until today which is great because that's where i love being able to talk about films that, and learn about more films that I haven't heard of because a lot of films go under the radar, especially with many blockbuster films coming out. So that's great. I can't wait to go check it out, but thank you so much, Benjamin, for talking about Marshall and also goodbye, Christopher Robin.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: This film is also out in theaters today, so please go check it out. With that said, I'm your host, Keeper Blakeslee. Let's take a break. And this show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat, knows a lot about Halloween.
0: Tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
1: Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. We just got done talking about the talking to Benjamin about the wonderful movies, Marshall and Goodbye Christopher Robin, and also we talked to Eric Rogers earlier in the show. We're going to continue this jam-packed show with talking to Ella about the city, the lost city of Cecil B. DeMille. Thank you so much, Ella, for being on the program. Ah,
4: oh, thank you for having me. All
1: right, so this is a documentary film talking about the uh, looking for, talking about the ancient Egypt, the buried ancient Egyptian city uh, in the California desert. So um, tell us a bit about what you thought of it.
4: Well, I actually thought that it was a great film because I know a lot of documentaries ha- kind of have <laughs> done the tendency to get a little bit like slow and boring but i didn't think that was the case with this film i thought it was great and i love anything ancient egypt so the the like the scenery was just very striking to me and i just really loved it and it was really interesting for me to watch
1: yeah documentaries get a bad rep a lot of times because they people look at them as just like oh they're just the boring films that teachers put on to keep the students quiet while they're grading papers but that's un, untrue I feel like documentaries are a, a misrepresented and also often overlooked genre in film so tell us about what you learned from this movie and how it just appealed to you cinematically
4: well I live in Hollywood I grew up around my dad works in the entertainment industry and it was kind of interesting to see the like the, how kind of how Cecil B deMille like Started this whole industry in a way because he was so innovative and it was just you flash like in the film like it flashed between like the past and like you learned about that and then you flashed to the present and it was just like you uncovered all of this new like all like all of this sets it was just very like interesting to like look back at the past and see all of that
1: well, certainly, because Sonsby DeMille was revolutionary in a lot of the movies that we've known, like Ten Commandments and yeah. many of the grand epics, especially like Cleopatra, which is, I believe, one of the largest sets ever ma- made in cinema. That's
4: uh, The Ten Commandments.
1: That's so, The Ten Commandments. That's, 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 that's the what the movie was centered around. Those, yes. But, yeah, he's he made gargantuan films. So mm-hmm. um, what did you feel like... What is your favorite part in this film?
4: Um, Well, I mean, there wasn't one specific part, but for me, I'd say the more interesting, like one of the more interesting segments was kind of like learning about what happened on the set of The Ten Commandments. Like it was just like a big budget film and there were like so many like extras and Actors on the set, and it was just—it was very cool to learn about all of that stuff. And I would say that that was my favorite part of the entire film.
1: Now, what do you feel like is the audiences for this film? Not just age range, but like, who do you feel like would appeal to this film?
4: Well, I feel like maybe like an older crowd, or like people who want to learn about the early Hollywood, like early Hollywood and the film industry. I'd say that's an appropriate audience because I feel like younger kids, like as you said earlier, documentaries have a bad rap because people, yeah, like what you said earlier, and I think that kids still like kind of, like younger kids still kind of believe that in a way. So I feel like it's definitely more for an older
1: or more mature crowd. Certainly. Now, tell me about, so what makes this like different from like a regular like behind the scenes movie because – it seems like it is about, like, the making of Ceci B. DeMille's grand epic, The Ten Commandments, but, like, what makes it, like, different from, like, a behind-the-scenes film you would, like, see in the back of a DVD?
4: Well, I mean, it's very, like, because it flash like, like I said earlier, it flashes between present and the past, and it it kind of tells the story of, like, the people, like, the main guy uh, in the film, Peter Brosnan, it kind of tells us a little bit about who he is, it also gives us more personal information about DeMille himself. And I just feel like you wouldn't get that in, like, the behind-the-scenes, like, in the DVD. Well,
1: I am a huge, like, history buff, and I love especially history about movies, so I got to go check out this film. Yes. Uh, what would you say? So How many stars would you give this film, and what would you say is the age range?
4: I would give it 4.5 out of 5 stars, and I would say an appropriate age range would be
1: Ten and up. Ten and up. Well, I am in that age range, so that means I can go see it. Yay. Uh, but thank you so much, Ella, for talking about The Lost City of Cecil B. DeMille.
4: No problem. Thank you for having me.
1: This film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, keeper Blakesley, and we're going to continue the show talking about Symphony Space. Just kidding. Right now, we're here with the wonderful Tristan from Dallas, Texas, age 14, talking about Mark Felt. Thank you so much, Tristan, for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Mike. So we are having kind of a theme today on this radio show. We've been talking about we've been talking about pretty much history. First, it's about the person who created Winnie the Pooh. Then it's a then it's about the making of of cinema. And now we have Mark felt about the Watergate scandal. Ooh! So tell us a bit about what you thought about this film. So I'm like you, I typically really like
5: historical pieces like that's really my topic my cup of tea I guess um but this movie was no different I really enjoyed it the acting in it was really great I mean I'm not gonna lie I was very intrigued and entertained throughout the entire film
1: now we have again fantastic cast Liam Neeson is in this what, what I mean by fantastic cast I mean by fantastic actor Liam Neeson's in this And, uh, so tell us a bit about what you thought of the performances in this film. So Liam Neeson
5: did a great job. I mean, he he almost always does a great job. He has such a good reputation. It was, it was really cool to see him in this movie because they had to make him appear a little bit older than he is. And I, I, really enjoyed like the costumes and that kind of stuff for this period piece but my favorite actor actually was uh, Tony Goldwyn. I think is how you say his name. He played Ed Miller, and I've I've started seeing him in a, f- a few recent movies, and he's been he's been doing really good. Like his performance was really nice, and I felt I really sympathized with him, and he sympathized for uh, Liam Neeson's character, and I I thought that was really cool.
1: Now. As I'm, since I'm assuming you enjoyed it, uh, well, you, I'm, of course, you say you enjoy the film. But I'm curious because I've been reading a lot of reviews on this film. And this is something I cannot come to a conclusion because I have not seen the film yet. So I can't wait to go check it out to draw my own conclusion. But the critics have not been particularly kind to this film. Um, one of the critics, Richard Roper, was for Chicago Sun Time, said that this is a paint by numbers procedural that expects the audience to know the history of Watergate hits the ground running, but that feels more like a steady jog through the past in a fast-paced thriller. How would you disagree with that, and how would you like defend this film? So I don't think it was like
5: very fast-paced at all. I mean, there's some parts where things start to unfold because we already know what happened during the Watergate scandal, but the characters in this movie do not. So it's really interesting to like see them start to react and figure out things as they go along. So, I don't think it could be as fast paced as it would be if it was like not something that has already happened. So, the thing is, we already know the conclusion, so we're already kind of expecting what the ending is going to be. And that I don't think it takes away, but it definitely makes it to where it's not as, you know, a surprise or a shock. And that shock mainly comes from the characters because not as many people know about mark felt or the other characters in this i i think that there some parts of the movie are kind of slow but it's not like an action movie in any in any uh terms but like the fighting is with really words like the types of arguments they have and i can't speak for this critic but i think that if you enjoy historical pieces and you know about, at least a little bit about Watergate, like what it was, then you would definitely enjoy this film.
1: Good defense. Now, what would you say is the film's, what would you say is the film's best quality?
5: I think that the best quality is the acting, because... I couldn't really say the story because, like, it's already happened and that would kind of be cheating. But I think the acting, they did a great job of portraying these characters. I mean, I wasn't alive during that time, so, like, I mean, I didn't know these people, obviously. But I I still think the actors did a great job embodying the
1: characters and who they were. Well, again, another film that I – as Slipped under my radar, but I'll put it on my list of films to see this weekend. Thank you so much, Tristan, for talking about Mark Felt. It's been Thank a pleasure. You. Oh, how many stars would you give this film? What would you say is the age range?
5: I'd say four out of stars. and I, Four out of five stars, sorry. And uh, I'd say 12 and up would really enjoy this film because I think below 12, kids might get a little bit bored because it's not like action. There's not, it's not like on the edge of your seat the whole time but I think 12 and above would really appreciate it.
1: Well, I can't wait to go check it out. Thank you so much for talking about this film. It's been a pleasure and hope to see you next time on the radio show. All right. This film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat Knows a Lot About Halloween.
3: You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring.
0: You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
1: We're at the final stretch of of today's radio show. We just got done talking about some amazing films such as... Mike Belt, Lost City of Cecil B. DeMille. And also, earlier on the show, we had the wonderful Eric Rogers. To close the show, we're going to be talking to Lucia, who is 18 years old from the Big Apple in New York City, talking about the show Symphony Space. Just kidding. No, we're actually talking about it. I'm not kidding, but the show is called Just Kidding. Anyway, Lucia, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So tell us a bit about what Symphony Space is.
6: So basically Symphony Space is it's a is not it's it's all the way uptown in the night in the nineties on the west side and Symphony Space is like basically a theater where some shows uh, go over there and also some celebrities go there too just to make appearances and there was a there was a celebrity appearance with Matthew Broderick and Sarah Jessica Parker. That the day after I was gonna, the day after I reviewed it, and I was like, "Ah oh, man, I need to go," but nope, I couldn't because I had to stay home.
1: So Symphony Space is is the theater in New York City, uh-huh. and show the show that was just kidding. So um, tell us about what the show was. the
6: The show was called uh, Story Pirates, and it was basically a. Story Pirates is the first performance of Symphony Spaces two thousand seventeen and eighteen of Saturday performances, which is through March twenty eighteen, and it's basically little kids writing their own stories and these improv actors reenact them on stage. And there's one there's one uh, scene. Where they just do improv, so they're making everything on the spot.
0: Yes, I improv. just
6: thought that was pretty cool, to just like make up a story right on the spot. Because I've done so much improv at my old school, and I just really love improv, and I love acting too.
1: Wonderful. So, um, the show, the symphony at the Symphony Space—just kidding—is just a fun place where kids are able to come together and do music, theater, dance, and a whole lot more. Uh, is this a thing that happens every Saturday? Like, when does it happen?
6: So basically it happens... Story Pirates is the first performance in Symphony Spaces 2017 and eighteen. Just kidding series of Saturday performances most Saturdays through March 2018. It's not the only show that will be there. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the only one. Uh, Story Pirates will be the only time it plays which is which was like last saturday that i went but it might come again i mean i mean i that would be so cool if it did i would love to go again just to see it again
1: wonderful you're listening to kids first coming attractions i'm your host keeper Blakesley. today we just talked about mark felt the lost city of cecil B. DeMille, mill goodbye christopher robin marshall and talk to eric rogers about skylander academy We're going to continue the show talking to Lucia about Symphony Space, Just Kidding. So you mentioned the show that the Symphony Space is hosting this show, Just Kidding, with many different performances and improv groups, and it's a great place for for kids in New York City just to come and have a good time. So um, what would you think is your favorite part of the experience so far?
6: Oh, my favorite part of the show was that there there was a story that a little kid made up. Oh yeah, by the way, there's there's seven there's seven stories that these little kids wrote down and they the actors reenacted them. But there was one story called My Folder and there was a guy who dressed up in a funny wig and he played the mom in there and he was just so overly dramatic and and, like, there was some, there was a, there was a part where, where the son kept breaking all the folders and, and the mom would just be, like, overly oh, really dramatic. She'll be like, why do you keep breaking every single folder?
1: <laughs> Sounds like it was a fun time. Now, uh, yeah, what other shows, are, what other shows are coming up that, are you're excited to see?
6: Honestly, the only one that I just, that I was just, like, thinking about was this show, Story Pirates. Hopefully, it'll come back again. But I didn't really see anything that was coming up yet, but I I think, um of course, there's going to be a lot of little kid shows there, like more improv uh, shows, and
1: yeah. Exciting. Well, I guess people got to book their tickets now, and if you want to go check out Just Kidding at Symphony Space, go to symphonyspace.org slash events and look up Just Kidding. There you can plan your tickets and book a party. It seems like there's a lot of fun shows happening there. Lucia, what would you say, why do you feel like events like this are important for kids to go to?
6: Because the message of this whole this whole story and show is to use your imagination to solve a problem. And, of course, anyone can't just solve a problem like that they have to use their imagination to just figure out like what they should do in a si- in any situation so and i think that's a really important lesson for kids to learn
1: definitely and it seems like it's a great opportunity for kids just to have fun and enjoy their time so thank you so much lucia for talking about symphony space just kidding it's been a pleasure
6: thank you thank you for having me
1: Go check out the website, symphonyspaceorg events, to check out some shows and performances you want to go check out if you're in the New York City vicinity. With that said, I'm your host, Blake Lee. Thank you so much for listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To check out our latest reviews on the latest movies and DVD releases, please check out our website, www.kidsfirst.org. Also, look us up on the YouTube, on Kids First, our YouTube channel. Also, make sure to read our blogs. Many of us really work hard in writing blogs about recent films and discussions. Be sure to tune in next week for Kids First Coming Attractions. This show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat and knows a lot about Halloween. Thank you for listening.